Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts and nothing talk about everything. Don't cross the path of a black cat. Never walk under a ladder, and whatever you do, don't break a mirror. Even in the 21st century, superstitions still have a strong foothold in the psyche of most people. And chances are you yourself have a special thing you do or say in certain situations. Whether handed down from your family or your culture, superstitions aren't going anywhere. So get ready, because today, two random men get very superstitious. So superstitions. I think everybody has some of them. Uh, yeah. I mean, even when you sneeze and someone says, God bless you. Mm -hmm. That's superstition. True. Very polite superstition. And you know, I I know a lot of this stuff uh, roots from... You know, old things warding off spirits and, and, and different things like that. But I think nowadays, a lot of people just do it without even thinking about it. Yeah, it's subconscious. Subconscious, or you're so used to it. It's kind of taught through the family. You yeah. know, you, you you come up doing the same. Dad always knocked on wood, you, mm-hmm. you know, for good luck or whatever. you say saying something that you hope for the best outcome, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's one of those things, too. Like, why not go ahead and do it just in case? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, exactly. if something as simple as knocking on wood or, you know, some people carrying a rabbit's foot or something like that, if, if it's going to help, why not? Yeah, I think very few people believe in the magical aspects of where most of these originated from, which it's funny because they all seem to revolve around when they talk about good luck, something to do with getting married, never getting married, angering a god. Fertile farmland, you know, so it, it, it seems to always kind of revolve around bad things going to happen if you do this, bad things not going to happen if you do that. Yeah, and you know, you say super superstition, uh, a lot of times you think of bad things, but some of it's just trying to get good luck. Mm-hmm. Like charms, people carrying yeah. around charms. Yeah, yeah. And like you said a minute ago, most of it is stuff that has been carried down through your family, or uh, I know there's a lot of stuff that like Nan for example, that she did that we were kind of like, okay, that's goofy. Like, I don't know why they're doing that, but it was something What's that, going on here? Yeah, but, but you, yeah, that you was do something. It too. Yeah. You adapt that trait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. Charms are a big one of those. Mm-hmm. Lucky charms. Lucky charms. Of course, Celtic tradition magically was the delicious. four-leaf clover. I don't think they're that delicious. <laughs> Could be wrong. I've never ate a four-leaf clover. I've never found a four-leaf clover. Boil them, mash them, put them in a stew. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what to do with one. I guess I've I, looked... I think everybody sat outside and crisscross applesauce and looked for four-leaf clovers for two hours. Yeah. But yeah, it's from the Celtic belief that if, uh, the children believed if you carried around a four-leaf clover, you were able to see fairies. Hmm. Which could be good, could be bad. Guess it depends on the fairy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you say that one, uh, and we just said about the knocking on wood. I was reading it in uh, LiveScience.com, which is one that I looked up because I think all of these, we kind of had an idea about the different ones we were going to talk about. When we were coming up with it. It's but like, we kind of went back and just did a little bit of research on each one just to kind of give an idea. And uh, so Live Science, I got in there and looked up and actually had quite a few of them, kind mm-hmm. of the history on them. So I just kind of took that off that website for a bunch of different stuff <laughs> to give me more <laughs> of like a, a history on like where, when. Oh, that that's why we do this. So with the knock on wood thing, they say there's actually three different beliefs where it really came from. Hit me. The first one is attributed to the religious rite of touching a crucifix when taking an oath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The second uh, has people knocking loudly to ward off evil spirits. 
that they would knock on wood. Of course, you know, is something that everything <laughs> was made of. This table's wood. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just to ward off the evil spirits. The one that well, I should have knocked three times. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. We'll get to number three I'll later. There's my last one. Okay. <laughs> Better late than never. <laughs> the one the one that I read that actually I liked the most, I thought it was cool, was uh, back in like Celtic times, people, when they would go into the forest, they would knock on the trees because they believed that the spirits lived inside the tree. And it was kind of their way of letting the spirit know, like, hey, I'm acknowledging you. I'm in your woods. I'm out here hunting, fishing, gathering, whatever it might be. Please bless me or just, you know, don't mess with me. Leave Safe me. passage? Yeah, kind of acknowledging them, giving them their, their rightful due and be able like, hey, let me have a good trip through the woods and be bountiful and find what I need to find. And I was like, I like that one. That one's cool. Is it fair to say that they at one point believed there were spirits in everything? Yeah, There's spirits man. in my pots and pans. Oh, yeah. There's spirits in my toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they talk about the... Uh, metal and wood. Everything was metal and wood, and they said metal and wood. Kind of, um, another of the charms was pennies, of course. Mm-hmm. Pennies. Mm-hmm. Copper was believed to be a very magically, spiritually conductive metal. Mm-hmm. More so than a lot of the others. Yeah. So that's where you get the pennies being copper. Like, Lucky Penny, a lot of that's believed that it would absorb the psychic energy of someone who carried it. Because it was a conduct magically conductive metal. Hmm. So if you're able to get a hold of someone's lucky penny, it had all of their luck. Oh. Now, what I think is funny it's about... It's Highlander style with pennies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. We're not going back into Highlander on this one. No. Even no though we've already said Celtic twice. We'll say it more. A lot of them came from Celtics. Well, that was... Hold on, let me back up just a second. So I believe a lot of this stuff comes from either one... Just the imagination, what you think is happening, what you perceive to be happening. And two, the difference between what you thought was, what you what you thought was going on when it was actually something scientific. But at that time, they didn't understand it. Right. There's a couple of them I'm going to hit on here in a little bit that it's like it breaks down towards actually something scientific that was happening. But back then, people couldn't explain what it was. And so they just assumed it was a spirit or it was something like that. Witchcraft. Uh, any kind whatever. of pagan religion. Worshipped more of the land, Mm -hmm. moon and sun phases, things like that. So it was a lot more accepted to the same way that the Romans, I mean, because the Romans persecuted the Celts. That's one of the big things that Caesar did. Mm -hmm. The land was spiritual. So everything about the land was spiritual rather than praying to a set of gods or a god. Mm -hmm. So therefore, anything that you came in contact with that was natural, like we said earlier with metals and woods and rivers and lakes held some kind of spirituality about them. And I think, back to the thing with pennies, and along these lines, it's not unfair to say that I think there's lessons behind most of them to be taught. Find a penny, pick it up. That's like teaching a child to respect money. Because if you're going to pick up a penny, you're going to pick up everything. True. You're going to hold worth in that penny. Yeah. The lowest form of currency for us, at least, you know, in the States. Yeah, but you're still teaching the value of money. Mm-hmm. Hey, you pick a penny up every time you see it, man. That's more money in your pocket. <laughs> said saying, God bless you, being polite. Mm-hmm. Teaching, uh, being polite, courteous to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I a lot think of them... there's life. If you dig deep enough into all of them, there's life lessons. Other than uh, the fear of black cats, which is just being a dick. Yeah, go on the black cat one. We'll get into that. Okay, I, so I, I know you were cats. talking about that earlier before we started. 
Should I come back to my charms later or go ahead and drop my other two on you? Hey, whatever. However you want to do it. Do the charm one. Go for it. Horseshoes. Mm-hmm. Shaped like the moon. Mm-hmm. Crescent moon. I believe if you held it up, you would gather good energy from the moon goddess. Things like that. Protective, protective energies. Um, they also said that uh, because they believe... Rabbit's that, feet. Well, oh, hold sorry. on. Back to the horseshoe one. Uh, they said because they thought... Kind of like how you were talking about the copper earlier. They thought that iron was a really good strong metal and was good at like warding off spirits and stuff like that magically conductive uh, and they said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they said that they also believed that the witches didn't like horses so putting a horseshoe up to where they could see it made them think oh there must be a horse somewhere around here so the i'm gonna leave it alone witches man, poor witches, man. Got, yeah, a got a bad rap most of them were just midwives and doctors for the communities mm-hmm. and then to get persecuted in the way they did so yes Black cats, right. Black cats were revered in ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. They were worshipped. Held on a high pedestal. Scottish people believe a black cat on your porch is good luck. It's a good omen. In Italy, if you see a black cat sneeze, that's good luck. And in Japan, black cats are traditionally good luck symbols. Hmm. So what happened with black cats, the best that I could find, and it's all hearsay, as most of these will be legends passed down. Yep. There's no scientific explanation for them most of the time and the lore has come down through many centuries but the tale goes that in the middle ages there were two boys they were throwing rocks at a black cat right off the bat asshole yeah 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 the black cat ran into the home of a suspected witch the next day she was seen limping around town she was probably an old lady but okay coincidence so she was limping around town so bada bing bada boom she must be the cat mm-hmm yeah. So you sprinkle one part panicky villagers with two parts jackass animal cruelty, and you have a hundred years, thousand years of an idiot fucking superstition. She turned me into a newt. She turned me. Got better. I got better. Yeah. <laughs> so that was yeah. what I was able to trace back to the start of witches having avatars as black cats. Hmm. Now, a really shitty thing, factoid that I'm about to drop, is a lot of animal shelters refuse to adopt black cats in October. Really. Can you guess why? Because of Halloween? The rate of animal cruelty to black cats goes up in October. Oh, no. Because Ooh. people... Are assholes. Are assholes. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's... Sorry to drop a sad factoid oh. on you, but that, yeah, that one's kind of... Yeah, and I'm not like a huge cat lover, but still, man, I don't I want... I've always had cats. I've always had cats. I, I had a black cat named Gabrielle when I was... Happened to them, just people being 20 cruel. years old and oh. sat on my shoulder like a parrot. She was cool. Nice. But yes, that's where we get the black cat bad hmm. then of course you get a little further on the line they believe one of the reasons that caused the plague in europe was because they killed so many cats the rats population exploded see you you were an asshole and look what happened plague boom yep. so yeah we kill, let's, we just kill cats and you know people were probably like if we're killing a black cat we'll just kill any cat you know true again humans being humans mm-hmm. and yeah so then the rat population exploded guess what plague half the population wiped out hmm. so there you go maybe it was bad luck to fuck with the cats <laughs> yeah maybe they looked at it wrong yeah it's yeah. like it, it, it happened <laughs> maybe we should just let them be and do yeah. their thing yeah oh wow wow okay mm-hmm. uh, i know i cut you off from your last charm the rabbit's oh it wasn't a charm one i was gonna get uh ladybugs <laughs> oh ladybugs why are ladybugs lucky i don't know well they're seen as prosperous by farmers because they eat a lot of the other pests. Eh? 
So having ladybugs in your field is actually a good thing. Huh. Okay. So there you go. See, There's a science one. That is a science one. See, there you go. It works right. off. Agricultural yeah. one. Same. Hmm. I don't know why I had that grouped in there in my notes with <laughs> Lucky Charms. I carry around a pocket full of ladybugs. Hand them to the children. Again, if it's something that works, man. Here comes it the works, ladybug, hey. man. Yeah, okay. If it works, it's not crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about opening an umbrella inside? I've always heard that was bad luck, but I actually always thought that it was just dangerous. I mean, it just seems like a bad idea in close could, quarters could to open up. again touch on the learning a lesson? Yes. Yes, it hey, could. don't open the umbrella in the house. You're going to break it, bend it. They were, I'm sure they were expensive and hard to get way back in the Ooh, day. Okay, I know. I've been messing around with an umbrella. Everybody's opened one on purpose inside, just like being, I'm going to do it. Well, but don't I mean, have it. you ever opened one and like, say, one of the little prongs or something didn't come out right? Yes. And like, poke it? Like, that, that's sharp. That could hurt. And I bet you, back in the day, they were probably a little bit more sturdy than what they are nowadays. So I bet you that you could. could whoop someone's ass with an umbrella. Yeah, they could probably take in 60. Yeah, take out an eye or something. I mean, you know. <laughs> All of my jars hanging from the ceiling. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> you just drop all over the place. Yeah. Did this you open is... the umbrella inside, Jedediah? Um, uh, yes, uh. I'm sorry. Yeah. See? There you go. Well, that actually comes, again, from our good friends, the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. had nothing to do with rain. They used the umbrellas to protect themselves against the sun. So, the action of opening an umbrella inside was seen as very disrespectful to the sun god. Mm-hmm. Bad things would befall your family, so that's why everybody panics if you open an umbrella inside. Don't just affect you. The whole house has to go down. Well, we're sitting here talking about the Egyptians. Uh, I got one that's the walking under the ladder. Egypt? Yes, it comes from ancient Egypt. No. Because they regarded the triangle as a, sac- as a sacred object, uh, hence pyramids. Um, two and two together here yeah. in my head. My and simple, simple little yeah, head. They would represent the trinity of the gods, and to pass through a triangle... Was to disrespect them. Are you telling me ancient Egypt's had holy trinities? Apparently so. Wow. So okay. then jump forward a little bit, and the Christians took their own take on it uh, and believed that because there was a ladder that rested against the crucifix, that it became a symbol of wickedness and betrayal. And so to walk under it would be uh, to court misfortune. Okay. Also, another little tidbit <laughs> on that same thing. Keep going, man. I, this is a good one. So, uh, in England in the 1600s, criminals were forced to walk under ladders on their way to the gallows. Well, that one seems like it'd be more of the reason we have it today. Those are all good reasons not to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that is one that I stay away from. That is one I, that yeah, I really I try not to try walk not under to... a ladder unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh-huh. And then you come out the other side going, <laughs> get off me, evil. Get off me, evil. Shake it off. Yeah. Well, look at that. Hey, I'm learning something new. There's always, a lot that was adopted from, I don't want to get on a, on a thing here about <laughs> things that were adopted from one religion to the other, but. It seemed like a lot of them uh, jumped on something and then took it their own direction, I guess you could say. Seems um, fair. And made it in their own kind of thing, which, you know, hey, I'm not here to judge. I didn't live in those times. To each whatever. their own. Yep, whatever floats your boat, man. makes you a better person, go for it. Yep. Uh, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Talking, speaking religiously. In ancient Rome, during the bubonic plague, sneezing was one of the main symptoms. So, at the suggestion of Pope Gregory, a small prayer of "God bless you" was advised. Hmm. And then the other one that's sneezing—they think your soul's trying to escape your face. <laughs> I like that one. Put it back in. The ones that are more absurd make me laugh the most. They're, they're great. 
<laughs> I love it when it's just stuff that's just out, just out there. Do you remember that time that I told that little kid that uh, if someone farted, it was their soul trying to escape, and then if it smelled bad, it was the soul trying to get into his body, and then he freaked out. It was like running around holding his face. Oh, wow! No, the story goes that I told him that, and then later on, someone broke wind around him, and the kid freaked out, and so I got a phone call and was like. They explained to me that you told them this story, and I'm like, it's all in good fun. Hey, hey. Wow. That's a victimless crime. <laughs> that is a good prank. That is a simple... <sighs> hey, maybe you, maybe you taught the kid not to break a wind in public. Don't be smelling other people's butts. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like something you shouldn't have to teach. Lessons. <sighs> Life lessons. Oh, wow. wow. Delivered from old Kenny. <laughs> Did you do hat on the bed or did I do hat on the bed? I did do hat on the bed. Okay. Tell me what you know about hat on the bed. This and is another this big is one. Gonna start, this is going to start. You never, we grew up with this forever. So this one actually. Dad, mom would freak out if we walked in and threw a hat on the bed. Yeah. It's like hat snatch up. Or even like what a are you table doing? or something like that. Yep. 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 Um, this is actually going to start. Uh, I got two or three of them here that are actually based on science stuff. Okay, I think so I this, might have, because I had starts, a note here, and I think we might be going along the same page. But So this one, I, I love it, from because the hip, bro. Uh, it said that uh, people thought that evil spirits lived inside your hair. <laughs> Again, the evil spirits live everywhere, God. man. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh, the people. So they thought that evil spirits lived in your hair. Now, here's where it gets scientific, okay? So they would take their hats off, and if they took their hat off and they set it somewhere, they were worried about that spirit leaving from the hat that had sat on their head mm-hmm. into whatever it was put on. Unless it was put on something that was metallic. Can I take a guess? Which is what the evil spirits were? Like you start getting... Go for it. Head lice. That's a damn good guess. And oh. it does come into play later on, but oh. not the main thing. You know what the main thing was? That's what I get from Be- jumping the gun. Because of the materials that the hats were made of back then, it would cause static electricity in their hair. And so when they take their hat off, it would make the little sizzling popping sound and stuff. And so they thought that was evil spirits. He's a witch. <laughs> now, jump forward a little ways and he got carried on further on because, yes, then if someone had lice, then it would spread into that person's home because they put their hat on their See, bed. That's or, what or I read, too, is or whatever. Like from cowboys, of course, are very superstitious about their hats. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the horseshoe. You face the crown up to catch uh-huh. good luck. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the hat on the bed was because if I came into your house and I had lice and I throw my hat on your bed... You got lice now. Yep. Yep. And so hey, this bump, we were both onto it. And science. Again. Science. So the other one was a, uh, and I know mom says this one all the time to us, but uh, ears burning. Mm-hmm. Ears burning. Someone's, someone's talking about someone you. Someone must be talking about you. Um, and it's actually said that if uh, your right ear is burning, someone is saying something nice about you, showering with praises. If your left ear is burning, then they're criticizing you. Okay? Now, where they think this actually came from is because when people would hear somebody talking about them, it would make them blush, and their ears would usually turn red and get a little warm. Oh. So again, somebody you hear somebody talking about you, whether it be good or bad, and you're going to get all flush in the face and everything, your ears are going to turn red. Oh, he's talking and, about me. Or, God, he's talking about me. Yeah. And... Same thing. And so then your ears would turn Somebody red would notice and it and go, they were talking about them. Turn red, red and it would get, you would Look get hot. So yeah, ears burning. Ah, cool beans. 
I'll Science like that again. one. <laughs> Science again. It's weird that there's the left and right thing, too. Mm-hmm. Because that's the same with your palms itching. Mm-hmm. Ears are burning. Someone's talking about your palm itching. You got money coming. Or going out, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's If you're... Let me check here. What is it? Okay. If your left is itching, that means money's coming your way. If your right hand is itching, money's going out the door. Hmm. Don't spend that money. Well, there you go. It's funny, but not crazy, that so many of them revolve around money. Mm-hmm. And wealth, and keeping wealth, acquiring wealth. Well, you think about it. I mean, that's money is the root of all evil, and it's been around forever. I mean, some form of currency, trading, something like that. So anything you could do to better yourself, to help out, make money. And a little bit of luck that can come exactly. your way. Exactly. Why wouldn't wanted. you? Yep. Oh, you know another good one? And Melanie is very adamant about this is do not put your purse on the ground. Okay. And I noticed this one with a lot of the ladies. That purse never hits the ground. Okay. So where does that come from? That actually comes from Feng Shui. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? That's the first time that we've had that one pop up in this. True. But it's your symbol of wealth and to put your purse or even a wallet on the ground is disrespectful. Purse on the floor, money out the door. Hmm. Another one Melanie also always does is when a black cat crosses her path, she draws an X on the windshield. Really? Yes. Hmm. Every single time. And why I've noticed X? it forever. I guess to block any bad luck. Okay. I've never really asked her why she does it. I think hmm. it's just one of those things that's, you've always done it, so she you probably you picked don't it up even, from her parents or, or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I've never thought to ask. I just, oh, it's there it is. What she does. Yeah. It's what she does. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'd read somewhere a long time ago that a black cat, when you cross their path, you're supposed to acknowledge them. So I do that every time now. I'm just like, black cat, good day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> How you doing there, black kitty? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can also say I don't pay too much attention to it, really, with cats. I, I don't. I, I just don't pay attention. I don't know. <laughs> They're everywhere. I, I don't know. I guess that's one that just kind of escaped me a little bit. But There was a fear of dark colored animals that mm-hmm. were associated with death, mostly the crow and the raven. So then back in to be very, very specific here, olden times, <laughs> quotations, olden times, I guess it just carried over to anything that had black fur was a symbol of death. Yeah. I can understand that. Okay. Back to those kooky people in the olden times that just believed everything <laughs> was haunted and going to cause you bad luck. Stay away from it. So, I don't know if this really, I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about the charms, but I've always believed in dream catchers. And I had a dream catcher once. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I did too. Yeah. I had that nightmare about the bear. Yeah. This was a brown bear. <laughs> <laughs> Got a dream catcher. So, obviously, as a kid, uh, Native American. Okay. Uh, they dated it back and they found that the Chippewa culture is where, like, kind of they think that was originally created in. Um, they would, uh, make it out of willow branches, uh, nettle fiber, beads, feathers, different stuff like that. Um, a lot of times they were colorful, but it was associated with spider's web. Actually, kind of, sort of. Okay. A Sibakashi. What is an Asibakashi? Or spider woman. <laughs> Which sounds scary, but actually, no. Actually, oh, she was a pleasant The spirit. spider woman protected children. She was believed to have been, like, she... Kind of protected everybody, but like mostly she took care of kids. And so they would, 
create these to look like the spider web type of thing, and they would hang it over the kids' beds, and that way it would ward off any bad or evil to keep it away from the it child. It was a symbol of Akashi. Yeah. A Sibakashi. A Sibakashi. And I hope I said that right. Now imagine, for a moment, a giant spider woman chasing a child and going, no, 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 wait, slow down, I'm your friend. <laughs> it's okay. For reals, no, for reals. No, my spider woman's going to take away all the bad stuff. <laughs> the kid's running around trees. Stop playing. Stop no, playing. No, <laughs> They call you the spider woman. <laughs> You're the spider woman for a reason. I'm good spider woman. Hmm. Well, I mean. Spider woman. Come to save your child. He's thinking that Family Guy episode where Spider-Man jumps down and saves Peter. And he's like, thanks, Spider-Man. And he goes, everybody gets one. <laughs> Here's your parting dream catcher. Hey, but I mean, that, yeah, if it works. It's like hanging a stocking. True. But wasn't that like really because they would hang the stockings over the fireplace? I think that's where they put your st- your treats. Yeah, but didn't they, they hung it over the, stock, uh, over the fireplace to dry Nicholas. them? Yes. And then St. Nicholas could come and... Oh, and then he'd leave treats. And leave the goodies. I don't think there was many presents being handed out way back when, but yeah, it was like, oh, if just you wake up on Christmas morning and you have some... Have something. Peanut brittle? I, <laughs> peppermints? Werther's Originals? Grandma came to visit and left some Werther's in your stocking? Hey, don't knock old people candy, because I like old people candy. I do like Werther's. Werther's. Uh, I ate like a whole bag of uh, candy corn the other day. <laughs> <laughs> How old is the candy corn? They don't make it all. Oh no, no, no! We went to a big candy store the other day. Oh, so I, I think was like, it's fresh wait a minute, corn. It's you can't tell if it's fresh or not. July, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I ate some candy corn the other day. I'm like, I ate a marshmallow pumpkin and a would, peep. Would you know if the candy corn's fresh or not? Really? No, I say away from candy corn. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> yes, to Weathers, boo to candy corn, circus peanuts. Oh, God. <laughs> Absolutely not, human, man. I'm the only human being that likes them. <laughs> Why? There's so many better options. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Circus peanuts. And... <laughs> it's not even real. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> What's the nutritional facts on the back of a bag of circus peanuts? Ew, I don't think they even, like, that's probably the one that gets just away so with not. zero? Yeah. Just, yeah. It's 100% sugar? Yeah. Like, ah, it's just a sugar Shaped like a cartoon peanut and the shittiest flavor of orange we could find. <laughs> they taste like if you licked the underside of a couch. Have you done that before? No. But you're imagining it. Ish. No. <laughs> I don't rule out anything. I've been around a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've done questionable things. It's the bottom of a shoe. <sighs> Circus peanuts. Sorry. To hell with you, man. I'm bringing that into the conversation. I'm sorry. I bet there's not a single person listening that's like, he's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm the only human being on the planet that actually likes them. Like, the candy store that makes them, the factory or whatever, is like, oh, well, we hope Keith buys them today. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the salesman that has to go out and, like, talk people into carrying circus peanuts in their store. Oh. <laughs> it's our knock life for Bob. <laughs> oh, so, okay, uh, on, the, on the thing with food. Keep going with food. I like it. Um, black-eyed peas on New Year's. That's a big Southern thing. Black-eyed peas and collard greens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the black-eyed pea one I found. Cabbage as a substitute. Was, was kind of cool. Um, oh, I've always wondered this one. So during the Civil War, mm-hmm. uh, the Union soldiers, when they would raid a town, a village, whatever, and they would start stripping them of all their supplies, they believed 
that black eyed peas were like the bottom of the barrel. Like that was stuff maybe give the animals like they didn't look at that as anything good. So they would actually leave the peas and like a lot of times like salted pork and stuff like that. that what? Just, yeah. Salted pork is delicious. This is history talking. I don't know, man. Well, anyway, so they would I, leave that. I like how so, lobster used to be seen as a trash food. True. And now I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, so. Continue. They would leave, namely, the black eyed peas behind. And the Confederate soldiers and just people in the South, that's all they would have. So they would make it through like the entire winter basically just eating black eyed peas. And so they actually looked at it as at least we had something. At least we were able to have something to Some eat. Some food. So it started to turn into a sign of good luck. At least we got the peas. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it, um, it's always been considered a soul food. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that comes from uh, the slaves. That was all they had at the time, a lot of times. And so then first day of January, uh, that's what they had as a feast because that was when the emancipation proclamation went into effect no joke and so it's that's why it's always been a staple of like a soul food type of thing because that's what they had and so they celebrated with it and then it was just a job adopted throughout mm-hmm. so- southern culture mm-hmm. so all the southern culture that's kind of like why everybody you know it's a big southern thing ah because at one time that was all any of us had <laughs> so yeah Interesting. So I couldn't find anything on the cabbage, though. That that was said that the cabbage and collard, collard greens, greens are just like they just go hand in hand. They all taste fantastic together. Yeah, I, I have a southern one that's specifically southern. Okay. And here's something that I'd always seen but never questioned. Have you ever heard of Haint Blue? Haint Haint Blue. H A I N T. Haint Blue. No. What all is right. Haint Blue? Haint Blue. Like a color? Yes, it is a specific color. Okay. You'll find it all throughout the South from the Carolinas all the way through. Started in the Carolinas. I'll get to that in a second. When you go up onto a porch, most of the time, if it's painted a color, it is painted haint blue on the underside of the porch. Okay. Okay. This was an African tradition by a people called the Giligichi. Okay. It was brought over with the slaves. Haint blue is a color... Associated with water, water is thought to ward off evil. Evil can't cross running water along those lines, okay? Okay. So, homes would be painted with the underside of the porch or any openings of the house. It could be around the windows, doors, any of that. The specific color called haint blue. And it was to keep evil spirits or bad spirits or malevolent spirits from crossing into your home. I can honestly say I've never heard of this one. Yes, it's like a protective spell. Okay. Okay. Now... That is the superstitious part of it. The scientific part of it, while they believe that it worked, was because paints in the 19th century were mostly lime-based. And they only had a certain amount of colors that they could produce, right? This blue looked like the sky. It's very pretty. Also, the southern people are adopting this because it wards off evil as well. Well, They would paint with this haint blue, and because of the lime, the birds wouldn't roost underneath. The bugs wouldn't nest. So they're looking at it going, oh, obviously it works. We don't have any pests or critters on the house. So it's warding off everything we don't want. Huh. It was a natural bug repellent. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Science wins again. People to this day still think, though, that it's because it's blue, that birds and bugs think it's the sky and they can't roost under there. 
nest under there. Oh. So a couple of different trains of thought. But yes, when you're driving through the South and you see especially old Victorian era style houses like that, look underneath the porch. See what color it is. I'm so going no, up somebody's house. Not underneath house. the porch, but look underneath the <laughs> the roof of the porch covering. Don't go underneath people's porches well, and get your ass in trouble. But <laughs> sir, can I see the underside of your porch, please? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I'm very interested in underneath your porch. <laughs> What's funny is you probably get that one and be like, okay. You just walk out there, some dude just with his ass like a plumber sticking out underneath your porch. Like, what are you doing? I'll check it for evil spirits. Get off my property. Wait, <laughs> did you find any? <laughs> no. Okay, we're cool. Yeah. But yes, that's the story of Haint Blue. I did oh. not know that my entire time growing up down here. See it all the time on porches and around the way people trim out their doors and windows. But yes, it's a specific color called Haint Blue. Learned you something today. Ooh, yes, you did. I've never I, heard of that one. Now, I've been waiting all week to tell you that one. Well, there you go. Specifically Southern. Hmm. Hmm. What about, and you've probably seen this at some homes that were unfavorable, but bottles and trees? Mm-hmm. You That's... recollect seeing any of that? People have bottles hanging mm-hmm. in the trees outside their house? Yeah. Same principle. It was to collect spirits. The glass, lots of times they're blue. Oh. The water, so the... the Negative spirits that were floating around outside coming close to your house would get trapped in the bottles rather than reaching your front door. I honestly didn't know that that, that there was a purpose behind that. I thought it was just... A decorative thing? Yeah, yeah, I just Mm -hmm. thought people just hung them up. Now you see that different, because I do. Since I've learned all this at the beginning of the week, (laughs) every time I'm driving around, I'm looking at places going, "That's I know why that is now. Hmm. I'm a little bit smarter for having read something. (laughs) You said that mom... Made the comment to you the other day when you were talking about the podcast. She was like, it's making y'all smarter. It's making y'all smarter. Yay, you guys. Yeah, good for us. Don't know how much of this we're ever going to use in the real world. We're random men, so it's all useless-ass facts that can't do anything for us prosperous. But I'll take the knowledge. If anybody listening to this ends up on Jeopardy or something and they get the chance to use some of this and win some money, good for you. I'm not asking for any money. Just hit the like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hit that subscribe button so you get dinged for every time there's a new Random Men episode dropped because we will give you conversations to talk about at parties that will either become make you become the life of the party or people will walk away and leave you alone. Either way, good on you. Because both of those things happen to us a lot. (laughs) Start talking about Hank Blue and everybody's just like, I'm going to go get some more punch. Uh, Just stay right here, Kenny. Yeah, you just stay right here. I'll be back. Never. <laughs> never come back. <laughs> and that's fine, too. Hey, if if you're listening to this and you're in the same kind of shit that we are, so, hey, we ain't got to apologize for nothing. Okay, here's another one we grew up with. A lot of people. Most people that I know. If I hand you a knife and it's closed, you don't hand it back to me open. Mm-hmm. Or, if I hand you an open knife, you don't hand it back to me closed. Yep. Nope. Correct? I just always grew up with that one. Yeah. First off, I think this comes back to the learning good principles is don't hand somebody an open knife because that means one of you is holding the blade. True. So probably a good teaching tool. But, you know, the saying goes, uh, you close a knife, I open, it cuts our friendship. Okay. Well, yes, I have heard that. And that's one you find with most. We had our episode about swords, then we got into pocket knives on it for a while and how most people, I mean, everybody I know carries a pocket knife. Yeah. And I won't be found with that one, but... Yeah, that was always one from a little boy when you get your first pocket knife. It's like, now you mm-hmm. don't ever hand this to anyone open and you don't let them hand it back to you closed open. if they do. If you yeah. pick, it's like if you pick up a knife yeah. and it's opened, I have one on the table. You pick it up opened, open whatever you're going to do with it. 
you don't close that sucker. No, I just you say, hey, man, did you open this? Did you open this? Yeah. You ever ran around the room trying to find out mm. who opened a knife? <laughs> that somehow you ended up with? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I couldn't find where that one came from. I, That's just a general... I don't know where no. that one came from, but I did see a thing, read a thing, where it talked about if, for some reason, you had to hand someone a knife open, and the whole, like, cut, you know, cut your friendship off or whatever, uh, in the same exchange, you're supposed to give back penny and that's supposed to save your friendship i've heard that too that you're never supposed to accept the knife as a gift you're mm-hmm. always supposed to give them something, something. in return whether yep. it's a penny or a a token hey yep. what's in my something yeah <laughs> here's, here's my, my white lighter here's my, oh god no <laughs> white lighters we didn't talk about white lighters we haven't oh um oh good yeah this is a big one around our house oh yeah <laughs> white yeah. lighters for those of you that don't know, white lighters have a superstition of bad luck. Yes, they you do. Don't want to carry a white lighter. Um, Many a room of people have gone. Why is there a white lighter on the table that mm-hmm, I've been in? Mm-hmm. Now I think you did some digging into this one. I think yeah, we both did a little bit on this yeah, one, a tiny I, bit. Uh, so the biggest thing is that it is a tribute to uh, the urban legend of the Twenty Seven Club, which is all the artists and musicians that died at the age of twenty seven. Supposedly, they all were carrying a white lighter on them at the time. So, we have... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was about to rattle some off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Hendrix, Joplin, uh, Jim Morrison, Kirk O'Mane are the four big names. But there's plenty of other ones. But those are the four that kind of got started around. Uh, But the funny thing is, Bick did not begin producing white lighters until after all, well, all the deaths but Cobain's. In the early 70s. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they were already gone. Yeah. I guess it could have been a different brand of white lighter, but... I guess it could have been. You always hear the big white lighters. Yeah, you always think about the big white lighters. Well, they didn't even start producing the white lighter until later on. Okay. What I had found was that when Bic came out with lighters in 72 or 74, early 70s, right? There was only two colors that they came out with. Totally black, totally white. Okay. Unlike today's lighters where they're all white and they're kind of wrapped in a, in a casing. And so the bottoms are always white. These black lighters were black on the bottom. Well, the pot-smoking culture would use the lighters to pack their bowls with, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the black lighter, you couldn't tell anything was done. But the white lighters were all charred on the bottom hey, and everything white. like that. Yeah. So the cops could get you for paraphernalia if they saw that on a lighter while they were searching you or anything. Gotcha. Wacky, huh? Hmm. So that's probably stemming more from... Because it kind of seems like a weed culture thing, too. Like, you know, Morrison had a white lighter in his pocket when he was found. I heard Jimmy did, too. <gasps> Hey, no, man, my, my roommate in college, we we doked it up a lot. And he he was one of the, he was the first one that actually told me about the white lighter thing. Like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, not carrying one. Yeah. I didn't question it at the time, but now I kind of, yeah, okay, makes sense. There's a lot of these where you, yeah. there's no reasoning you have to have this like superstition, but because so many people around you believe it that you just don't, I don't tempt fate. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah. Crazy. The 27 Club. I wonder if Kurt Cobain really did have a white lighter on him, though. <sighs> He's the only one that I guess could have. It's such a random thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. Wow. Of course, there has been so many other people that have joined the 27 Club. So, mm. yeah. yeah. E. E. You get nervous when someone sweeps under your feet? I've, I've heard that before, but I can honestly say I, I very rarely have anybody try to sweep under my feet. <laughs> or sweep over your feet? Sweep your feet? Anybody ever swept your feet? Uh, Probably. I, I can't recall at the moment. Forever. Yeah, sweeping I've the feet it. is supposed to be bad luck. For relationships. Okay. You want your kid to become an old maid? Sweep under her feet. Okay. Hmm. I guess it's supposed to be sweeping away their good luck. 
But it mostly angles itself at relationship. Bad relationships. Don't be cursed with bad relationships if you sweep their feet, sweep under their feet. I've heard that one forever, too. Hmm. Yeah, I've always heard it, but I didn't know much about it. No telling where that one comes from. But, yeah, you you talk to a lot of people, and they don't Hmm. want you sweeping under their feet, sweeping over their feet. Hmm. All right, then. A lot of things with brooms. Broom falling over means companies coming to visit. You ever uh, heard that one? Yeah, what's the one about uh, you're supposed to leave the broom in the room whenever like, you move out? Remember that one? Oh, I've heard that one, but I, I've never practiced it. Yeah, but I... You're supposed to leave the broom in the house when you move? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one, but I don't know where that I, comes from. Yeah, it seems familiar, but hmm. there's so many. Uh, so many weird things. So many. Hey, do you know why they christen ships? Bottles of champagne. No, but I've always heard of that. Would you like to know? Yes. Now is the time. Okay, let me stipulate this. I got this off of a website, and I could not find the website that I went to. (laughs) So, right now, I'm plagiarizing. (laughs) Don't hang me for it. I got this off of a website. This is not my own words. But, okay, here we go. Okay. Okay, so in the 15th century England, royal representatives came to ship launchings and ceremonies, right? Okay. They would drink from silver goblets and then pour a little bit of the wine on the deck and then throw the goblet overboard. That was to bless the ship, appease the gods of the sea or God or whatever was going to cast good fortune upon that seafaring vessel. Okay. Okay. By the 18th century, this got really expensive. So they couldn't just be throwing silver goblets over. Because, I mean, they had a lot of ships by then. Yeah, they true. They were pumping yeah. out ships left and right. Yeah. So you can't just be tossing away silver goblets every time that you're launching a ship yeah because you have to like you have to name it and christian it so the right? Al- so right because that's good luck mm-hmm. back to luck so the alternative was to smash a bottle of wine instead champagne would eventually become the norm because of its association with celebration and it gave off a damn good explosion on impact oh yeah yeah which was way cooler for the crowd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the first account of this being done dates back to 1891 and it was Queen Victoria who smashed a bottle against the naval cruiser, the HMS Royal Arthur. Okay. With that, do you want to do the thing? Let's do the thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Search Engine Results. If you're new to the show, we have a segment called Search Engine Results where I ask the all-powerful internet a question. I get the answer, but I give Keith three answers to choose from. He's got to guess the right one. Play along. It's more fun that way. My record's not the greatest. It's not the greatest, but (laughs) there are some curveballs here and there. Are you ready to play, my brother? I am. All right. You might know this. Maybe. And then it's a real quick game. Okay. Let's see. What does HMS stand for? We're talking about ships. You've heard HMS, USS, the SS. But yeah, the question today is, what does HMS stand for? Okay. A, Honored Maritime Ship. B, His slash Her Majesty's ship, or C, high seas military ship, honored maritime ship, her majesty's ship, or high seas military ship. Hmm. Take a moment. Mull it over. What was the first one again? Honored maritime ship. I'm going to go with that. Final Final answer. answer. Final answer. (laughs) (laughs) It's her majesty's ship. Damn, really? Or his majesty's ship. Depending on who's sitting on the throne. Hmm. Did not know that's what HMS stood for. No, I did not. Here with my little self in Texas. Huh. Pretty yeah, neat, I mean, huh? Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, I get it. Huh. Okay. 
Well, there you go. There you go. And did you know SS, the most famous SS ship that I can think of is the Minnow, (laughs) (laughs) stands for screw ship. Screw ship? Or as we would call it, a steam ship. Put the minimals in the steam ship. But it was the SS Minnow. And that's what SS stands for. Screw ship, steam ship. So it's a screw ship. I don't know why it's called a screw ship. (laughs) They had wacky names for things back then. Well, oh, Skipper ran a steamship, apparently. Huh. So just put that one in your back pocket. No, don't overthink that one. I, I try not. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking back to the opening, and I'm like, I don't remember steam coming out of the damn thing. I don't remember steam coming out of it. But, yeah. There we go. Well, they didn't do a very good job christening that one, obviously. No. Because that, that was... went terrible. Maybe the Skipper didn't have the money for some champagne. <laughs> So I could get the howls in there and be like, hey, I need some money. You just smashed a <laughs> bottle of beer on the side of it and was like, good enough, let's roll. Yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. I think Gilligan was the thing that cursed that ship. This is true. Not so much cursed the ship. They were in the storm, you know, that's that's what happened. Yes, that wasn't a Gilligan did, thing. Yeah, Gilligan didn't did, have anything to do with he that. He did nothing positive to try to help them. Ah, well, well, we're getting close to the end here. Do you have anything to leave the folks on? Uh, oh, yes, I do have one more. That was one that I think we've uh, all heard, dealt with experience before and that's spilling the salt mm. you always hear that you spill the salt you're supposed to grab some of it throw it over your left shoulder kick his ass sea bass yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this comes from 3500 bc mm, good year the ancient sumerians Ooh. did this to nullify the bad luck if somebody accidentally spilled the salt and they would grab a pinch of it and they throw it over the shoulder it's kind of more of a way to show everybody else like hey i screwed up that was my mistake i'm sorry you know, uh, I'm trying to rectify it. You know, whatever, because salt was a very, very huge commodity. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was all trade routes yeah. just for salt spices. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was very high dollar, um, and so to waste any of it, which I'd never understood, because they say to waste it was so bad, but then they would spill it and then they just grab it and throw it over the shoulder. But I think I've heard that that's also thrown it in the eyes of the devil. Okay, have you ever heard that? Could be. She throw the salt over yeah. your shoulder to throw it in the eyes of the devil. <laughs> that would make me get away from you. Be you salt in my eyes. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, screw anything it. Get salt in the eye. Curse somebody else. Except like, for a ah, fish, maybe. No, horrible. But yeah, so spilling something that valuable was definitely considered bad luck. So that was their way to rectify it. And like I said, it was also about letting everybody else know. Like you, like throw your hands up and like I acknowledging you fucked I up. I fucked up. I fucked up. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, I spilled all my gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the spill in the salt thing. Spill in the salt comes mm. from the Sumerians. Mm-hmm. 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 Neato. Well, I think we can agree that there's three main forms of superstition, and they revolve around luck, prophecy, and a fear of God. From everything we've talked about today, it's either going to bring you luck, something's going to happen to you, or you're going to anger a god or the gods. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> This is a weird episode because we're doing mostly just kind of, we're, we're blasting factoids back and forth. Yeah, but like I said at the beginning, I really think it's one of those things to where if you can do something as simple as either just not doing something or taking one extra step and it's going to bring you good fortune, why wouldn't you do it? It's not hurting anything. You know, unless at, except for the cats, but uh, think about like, okay, whenever I hear about superstitions is 95% of athletes have some oh, form yeah, some form that they that they believe in, you know, 
whether it be you wear the, you know, Jordan used to wear the same uh, trunks underneath. Trunks underneath. From his college from days. From his college days, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I wear one red sock and one blue sock. You know, all these different things. And hey, if at some point it makes you feel like you're going to do better, it's going to bring you luck, why not? It is very bad luck to drink Jobu's rum. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On that Joe note, <laughs> I had fun with this one, bro. Yeah, I hope everybody good. got some good information out of it. I know I learned a lot of stuff that... Now I'm going to think about it every time I see it or do it. True. Yeah. We True. want to thank all of y'all out there in listener land for joining us for this episode. Mm-hmm. Be sure to subscribe so you get notified when we're dropping new episodes. And until next time, I'm Kenny. I'm Keith. Don't spill the salt. <laughs>